Yes, Mr. Speaker, order, order, we have to ensure, Mr. Speaker, then that that happens. Give a determination. Order, we need Senator. to extend time, put all these matters to rest, Mr. Speaker, and let this House go on recess when all the business before us in the order paper is prosecuted, Mr. Speaker. Thank you. Welcome to the Money Trees Network, a podcast about all things African business. On today's episode, we'll be handling the revenue sharing formula. I'll be your host, Edgar Kabo, with my co-host, JJ Kinyanzui. Yeah, uh, thanks guys for tuning in again. As you've heard, we are going to be talking about the revenue sharing formula. So to understand what it is, we'll first need to know what is what revenue allocation is uh that's simple it's just like one of the decision decision rules used to allocate resources to the public sector usually an allocation formula is specified in legislation but sometimes it is provided by regulation well uh, today's topic is something that has been very hot in the news and i think the public should be informed should know what it's all about. So how is this revenue allocated? Essentially, the parameters used for allocation, including health, agriculture, and it also has parameters used to address marginalization, such as poverty, access to roads, health facility gaps, and land area. Thirdly, it has a section meant to incentivize counties that work harder to raise their local revenue. So, as to revenue sharing and in, in the allocation, it's all mandated in the new constitution of 2010. Uh, in chapter 12 of the 2010 constitution, it's it has both detailed principles and elaborate procedures for making decisions about public finances. So exactly what these principles and procedures indicate, they indicate the core values to public engagement through the process and equity in distribution of resources. Article 202 of the 2010 Constitution, for example, makes the equity principle explicit in quote. Revenue raised nationally shall be shared equitably among national and county governments. End quote. Yeah. After devolution, there were there was need for new formulas to be implemented. So the first uh, revenue sharing formula, um, the parameters were it focused mostly on population, on which it took forty five percent. Basic equal share took twenty five. Poverty took twenty. Land area took eight, and fiscal responsibility took two percent. Uh, the what the first formula achieved was substantial redistribution, and it put revenue sharing on a more transparent and logical footing. But there were also some issues with the first revenue sharing formulas, obviously, and one of the issues was people failed to understand how poverty was a was a variable. 
while you think that areas with, with similar poverty rates are meant to get a similar share from the poverty factor, actually poverty is based on the share of the population that is poor in that county. So counties with the same rate will not get the same amount if the population size differs. A country with more people, more poor people, in absolute terms, receives more than a smaller county. Even if, for example, both of the counties have 20% poverty rates. So that was one of the issues. Another issue, I can't name all of them. Yeah, but like, I'm just giving you some of the issues that were present. Another issue is first formula did not put much direct weight on other two principles, which were capacity and effort. It mostly focused almost exclusively on exclusively on need. So in this, we can see that there will always be an issue in balancing the two types of need needs. That's uh, one is a desire for redistribution, and the other is adequate financing for ongoing service costs. So these two issues, there will always be a problem in balancing them out. So along after the first after the first formula, they they needed they, they saw the need to come up with a much better uh, formula, and then along came the second revenue sharing formula. So in this one, the only changes that were there was there was a reduction in poverty, the poverty variable, uh, fiscal responsibility, and, in, and also there was an introduction of development and personal emoluments. So the whole issue of personal emoluments was counties that have a large amount of staff needed more money to pay their staff compared to other counties that had um, low, how can I put this, like low, a low, a low amount of staff. Yeah. So the challenges that arose from this second proposal was that data issues continued to be a challenge. And some, some felt that the formula should have been more data driven, like it should have been linked to the cost of providing key services such as health and infrastructure, and etc. like what happens in South Africa. So when this, uh, proposed, when this formula was proposed to the Senate, it was rejected at first as no one was able to find common ground. And also um, self-interest was also a key factor in this debate as, as you, some of the senators in counties with um, high population, but small, but a small area would, would want the formula to be more population driven. But those, but those senators whose counties were high or low was sparsely populated but had a large geographical area would want the land area variable to be more and also those count those senators in counties that were underdeveloped would want the poverty variable to be more so in this proposal the self-interest was a big issue 
and it was very difficult for them to find common ground. Now, due to those challenges, we come up to the third revenue sharing formula, which is obviously made by the CRA uh, in collaboration with the Senate. The third revenue sharing formula was actually first proposed in early 2019 and it was to be implemented for the fiscal year 2020-2021. But the fiscal year started more than a month ago and no revenue sharing formula has been agreed upon. The third revenue sharing formula, the parameters used were health, which was 17%, agriculture 10%, other county services 18%, infrastructure, which pertained rural access to roads and stuff, 4%, and urban services 5%, which were totaling to 54%, and the rest to population, which is around 46%. So that's actually a a large uh, jump because that means that counties that were formerly making more money, I mean receiving more money, are now losing money. And that's the main issue with the debate. The main principle of any revenue sharing mechanism is that no county should be affected negatively by changes in such formulas. Therefore, even after taking all the issues discussed into consideration, there are still 17 counties that could get less funds. And if you take into factor and adjust to inflation, the number goes to 12, really, which is still a lot. So essentially, um, a county like Makweni, which has a poverty rate of 54% as of 2013, right now, since last year's census, was it this year? Last year's census, yes. The number reportedly went down at 4%. So since there has been a drop in poverty, Makweni would lose 300 million in the new formula, which is a lot of money. And in total, counties could stand to lose 17 billion in this new formula. So essentially, there has been a lot of debate in the Senate between the lines of one man one shilling versus equitable distribution one man one shilling and equitable distribution almost the same thing because one man one shilling pertains to equitable distribution in terms of population that no citizen should be discriminated therefore it's equal thus the term one man one shilling but uh, equitable distribution ties more to the ma- more marginalized areas, which have fewer people and larger land masses like uh, Turkana, Taita Taveta. And uh, both sides have valid points. On the side of equitable share, where they are more marginalized, but they have a larger land mass, one could argue that those counties have a lot to offer. If we distributed more money to Turkana and exploited more of what they produce, 
and other tighter 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 for example the wildlife there if more money was pumped it could lead to maybe an, even an economic turnaround but if we keep on focusing on building built areas it like it will just lead to more problems but on on one hand on the other hand i mean when you have the one man one shilling it doesn't need to it doesn't lead to a loss in the revenue allocated and that's the issue here the counties the centers of those counties don't want to lose money so what has been proposed to end this stalemate is a principle known as the holding harmless principle which aims to ensure that services are not disrupted by sudden reduction in resources so the holding harmless principle is basically a cushion of money which would ensure these counties at a basic minimum receive what they did in the year before thus even if there's been a reduction in allocation the holding harmless principle would sustain them to the fact where they have not been negatively affected by these changes in the formula so at the end of the day it depends on county lines if your county is losing more money you'd be against the revenue sharing formula but if your county was gaining money you'd be for it but actually it's not even the first time there's been a holding harmless principle during the first sharing formula after devolution in the year fiscal year 2013-2014 a cushion of around 20 billion was proposed but it was rejected so this year it would be interesting to see if a holding harmless principle would be implemented uh since there have been developments in the senate firstly the senator of muranga mr irungu kangata proposed that the current revenue sharing formula being used right now be implemented for another two years the old one the second generation be implemented for another two years before the third one kicks in but that proposal was rejected so now the senator of nairobi mr sakaja is proposing that no county should lose money at all he's proposing that they share around 270 billion with an added cushion of 45 billion which has been it's still being debated in the senate so in as much as this is still a very live discussion everyone should be knowledgeable the public should be knowledgeable in this debate because they are the public they are the direct they are directly affected by what happens in the senate so based on all that information i think everyone can now be well equipped to form an informed decision on where they lie despite party lines in this debate feel free to engage us in this debate on instagram you can send us your opinion and if you have any questions or suggestions on a future episode you can hit us up on instagram and uh, thank you for everyone who's been listening since episode one next week an even better episode is coming out for everyone on apple podcast give us a five-star rating for the algorithm 
Thank you once again for listening to the Manitis Network and have a great day.